I'm thorough when I want to be. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why we love you. Ah, oh, I love you guys too. Silly is that? What are we talking about? Let's go do basketball. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Hoop Dreams, the basketball podcast on 8-bit, powered by our pals at Audio Technica. My name is Matt Tilby, and for the final episode of the season, I'm just joined by John O'Peck and Brendan White. Boys, <sighs> so close yet so far. <laughs> Oh me, oh my. Uh, I feel for you, man. I feel for you in a big way. Like, it was a hell of a series. It was a hell of a run. But it just ultimately wasn't meant to be because you came up against the Greek freak uh, in every sense of the word because, my goodness gracious, was he something else. I mean, like, full disclosure for anyone listening, we are recording this the day of uh, Game 6, of course, Milwaukee taking it at home. And yeah, Giannis with a performance for the ages, I, I think is, is the yes. only way to really describe it. Um, yeah, I'm obviously very disappointed that it uh, it ended the way it did, but um, it's, it's, a, it's a mix of emotions, I think. But um, for you guys as, as neutrals, how did you see the series in general? Uh, obviously for me having you know a horse in this race it was a little mm. bit different but i wanted to get the the sort of the perspective of two people who have no horse in this race and are just seeing uh this very fiercely contested finals play out i think uh just the fact that <laughs> the fact of uh, let me start again the way this went down was just crazy like starting with the two zero sons and Giannis looking a little bit hurt but he's still playing and you know how healthy is he going to be and the Suns players just really firing on on all cylinders to start with with Chris Paul and Aiton and and Booker wasn't terrible until a bit later in the series so it it just seemed like it was going in a certain direction and it was a question of like are the Bucks going to make it interesting and they they did make it very interesting um (laughs) And Giannis is a freak. Like his knee was hyperextended two weeks ago and people thought he might need surgery, that he would be out for the season. Uh, And he put up a performance that's up there with, I think, you know, the likes of of, uh, Shaq and, and MJ as far as like recent, you know, the last couple of decades in the finals. And today especially, 50 points. Uh, six blocks, fourteen Five blocks. Thank you very much. Was it? I, I saw six, but maybe they, maybe they rubbed one off. <laughs> okay. However many blocks it was, it was the first time it's been done ever with that many, with that amount of rebounds too in a finals game. So it was literally a historic performance and a pure like display of dominance. I think in a closeout game to to pull that off uh, in front of your home crowd. It's just it's just so admirable and he just had the right mindset and the right attitude for the whole playoffs. He, he was saying all the right things. He was humble. He wasn't getting ahead of himself. Um, he wasn't brash. He wasn't short with the reporters. He wasn't blaming his knee if he didn't have a amazing game. 
and I think this puts him in you know that that pantheon of you know he, he's in the the conversation of the, of the great players of of all time, whether it's top fifty or whatever wherever you want to put him, that is that's in the the record books now. Two two MVPs, a Finals MVP. He really had that that pure look of joy in his eyes afterwards and seeing him celebrate warmed the heart knowing where he's come from and the way that he's grown up and and translated over to the american game and um i I really got those dirk vibes in 2011 where it was almost like i've won it got the mvp nothing literally nothing else that happens in my career can bring me down from this moment like it's it's just it's made i mean i'm made in the shade you can't get to me now. I'm a champion and that's it. It was, as you said, JP, one of the most dominant playoff performances I think we we may ever see, especially when he went down in in that series before this with, with Philly and, I mean, with the Hawks, sorry, and you just assumed that he was gone. He was not going to be playing in this series against the Suns and he might miss parts of next season. You know, mm. the way that, that leg bent... Legs shouldn't bend that way. So we thought, yeah, he's gone. And before this this series kicked off, we were like, we're doubtful he's going to play. He's going to be nothing more than a decoy. And then he comes out and he's dunking on dudes, running running on offense, running on defense, blocking guys, you know, being Giannis. And he somehow took his game to another level. Like, this, like some of the biggest plays in this whole series was those just amazing, out-of-nowhere one in a million reactionary dunk, uh, blocks that not many people on this earth can do mm-hmm. and they were they were like game and series changing moments and it was special to see like like as as matt said like we don't we aren't bucks fans we're not suns fans but we're fans of good basketball and that's what this series was like it was this it was a yeah. it was a series of runs like yeah when we first saw the suns go up two nil there was thoughts was like is this going to be a sweep are they going to drop a game here like the Suns just look like they're in complete control and Giannis just found his footing he had uh you know members in that supporting cast step up for a game or two here or there with you know Drew Holiday going Hamburglar in in the previous match you know Middleton stepping up a little bit here and there and, and you know getting some other firepower from old crazy Bobby Portis and co <laughs> oh like it was insane seeing like he's a hero seeing these games but in those biggest moments Giannis was there whether it be on offense or defense this dude was doing it all and it's funny because uh you know in that first series matchup with with the heat where he airballed that uh, well he got the penalty for the free throw taken over the 10 seconds and since then it was the 10 second ground count two, in every three. match and like it only took him to to the game six here in the finals to to properly galvanize and just go into god mode but he missed two free throws today mm. like and if he shot his usual clip from the finals we could have been saying this is going to go to game seven but because he only dropped two like what did he take was it was 17, 17 of 19 i think it was yeah. wasn't it yeah like if he if he you know hit eight of those nine of those um the, the suns on points would would win so it's a game of those what ifs but he just had his stroke he was shooting from everywhere he was he was dominating the paint but in, in this game six he was just getting his shot wherever he wanted he wasn't always just bully ball just head down charging into the paint he was he was shooting it from the mid-range he was shooting from the elbow he was so confident with his shot in this game and he just went you know too. what we're winning this yeah. we are winning mm. this on my back and he just went off and 
you know it was it was special to see just as a basketball fan i, I know it's heartbreaking for tilby but it was overall it was a hell of a series there was some big coming out parties for players mm. on both teams and it was, it was just good basketball yeah i i think as the series progressed and 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 Gianna sort of healed up you could sort of sense that he was gaining more of that confidence um and you could sort of see it even in today's game where he was sort of pinned down low and the Suns were almost like triple teaming him it's that fear factor as I was sort of saying um in the previous episode but that fear factor and tending to crowd around Giannis and sort of almost box him out and pin him down meant that they had so many capable players open on the perimeter your you know Middleton's your Pat Connaughton's even Bobby Portis can can knock down a three every now and again Uh so it, it makes it so difficult when you've got you know arguably the greatest player in the league right now um that argument can now be made uh, mm. against Jokic I think <laughs> Giannis is by far and above the, the greatest player in the league right now um when you've got the greatest player in the league getting healthier getting more confident with his shot like this is probably what Philadelphia wanted what they thought Ben Simmons was going to develop into a, a big rangy you know, lockdown defender with a, a, a great step, a physical in the paint, but can also shoot and take his free throws as well. So, yeah, it was always going to be tough when, uh, you know, a player is just having a once-in-a-lifetime yeah. sort of game and series, really. Like, And as you said as well, Brendan, like, Drew Holiday had his moments in, in game uh, four and five. Like, he was just draining shots left, right, and center. Middleton came up with clutch shots, and that was another key thing like we were playing some solid defense um and and really getting a hand up to a lot of shots but it's like when it goes in it goes in like you can't do anything about it um but yeah it it was always going to be tough absolutely and before we like get into the the sun's side of things and what worked and what didn't work i think the fact that you know giannis kept playing aggressively kept getting fouled and kept taking his free throws when we've just seen what happened to Ben Simmons and how much it got into his head that he was missing free throws and that he didn't want to be at the line it's such a stark contrast to see Giannis he doesn't care he's just going to airball a free throw and on the very next play he's happy to get fouled and take take him again because he's just that kind of player he's not rattled and he proved that he has so much more levels to his game than what we thought like his, his vision on the floor was way more than people expected and the way that he was like finding open guys was was really so much more than I guess something that people looked at as maybe more of a one dimensional superstar I love him like dead set watching this series and then just seeing a lot of the the post game interviews and stuff like it I have so much more respect and adoration yeah. for this dude because he is just a good humble family oriented guy that just wants the people around him to succeed and he's committed to the town and and he loves his smoothies and his corn dogs all the weird tweets that were from like years ago came back up again which i thought was great he's like elf (laughs) he's like will ferrell and elf he's like elf and like like his fish out of water (laughs) his final stats so we averaged 35.2 points 13.2 boards five assists 1.2 steals 1.8 blocks that shooting five assists 65, is impressive. Yeah, yeah shooting at uh, just under 66%. And, uh, you know, taking 14.2 free throws a game, which I think 
looking at my quick maths here, is more than the Suns as a team took per game in this final series. So, <laughs> you know, and it was ultimately, you know, it was his biggest weakness for for much of his career and now it ends up ultimately winning him the, the game six and the, the championship. So, but no, it was awesome to see. It was very, very tight series. Like there wasn't much separating the teams game to game. It was, you know, moments where there's just, the Suns are going to run, then the Bucks had counter punch and going to yeah. run and vice versa. <laughs> like looking at the, the series stats, they're all very close. That was the worst part for me was, oh, the Suns are up by 16. Now the Bucks are, uh, are backing it by 10. Yeah. and then it's like three points then two points then seven points then six and it was just like that was what got me most was like mm, I yeah it's it's tough it's tough to be in it like we were speaking just before we, we started recording um with with Jono um you know he hadn't seen his balls play in a in a you know in a pressure game he was a basically a baby when the the bulls were um, playing there, I watched. Um, I watched them in '98, but yeah, I was in. I was 11, so yeah. Yeah, it, it's definitely like it's a lot. Di- a lot different. <laughs> Less anxiety you... as a child. Probably. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. This it was just a lot of anxiety. This is the sort of first time that, like I said, I'd ever been in a um, a situation where one of my teams has had the you know a, f- a feasible chance to win a championship. Um, it was very nerve wracking if anything um having to watch most of my games at work with the sound off also made it very difficult but that's a story for a different day but um <laughs> i can only imagine man you must have been on tender hooks every every shot every missed shot every block every foul like we know you're an emotional fellow and you're a passionate suns fan come hella high water <laughs> and you must have been on this roller coaster like we we copped it through chat but just imagining how you'd be <laughs> <And then some. laughs> in real life on the day-to-day like i remember watching the raps a couple of years ago and seeing these losses and being down o2 and stuff like that and sitting there and go it's over you know this is the only chance i'm ever going to see this team maybe get this opportunity and seeing them coming from behind or being too far behind to think you're ever, they're ever going to amount to anything like I obviously got the fairy tale story from my boys, but I, I feel you because I understand to a degree, but I guess not that ultimate soul-crushing defeat. At least mm. in NBA, I've seen a lot of my other sports teams get walloped in grand finals repeatedly, and it sucks. But yeah, I feel you, man. Ultimately, I feel, you, and I'm and I'm impressed that you're here and you're positive. Like, and I know you've got to be hurting inside. <laughs> like, so hats off to you because ah, this morning. Man. Um, it was it was a different story. You were you were in a bad place, but now yeah. you're here and you're smiling. We were, so we were planning. We started planning without you. <laughs> yeah, no no thrush this week. No, it's gone. <laughs> it's cleared up. It's very good. Let's talk yeah, about um, the Suns. Lock that out of here too. Let's, just swatted it away. Let's talk about the Suns. Um, yeah. I want to start with some positives. So they obviously didn't keep it together. It fell apart. But the fact that they got to the finals in itself is a huge victory, not to be not to be completely washed away in the, the torment of, of, of losing. I think it's just such a amazing story that they even got there because no one picked it, no one saw it. And yes, there were a ton of injuries in these playoffs. And... Okay, so I'm, I'm going to stop you there. This, okay. this is the no no I'm not I'm not like being sour about it this is the one thing that that sort of came up in a lot of the comments yeah. and tweets that I saw um, for today's game you know the Bucks won and and there were a lot of you know 
trolls and and absolute morons on the Instagram comments mm-hmm. being like, "Oh, this is what happens when the Suns come up against a healthy team." Right. Game uh, series one against the Heat. The Bucks came up against Jimmy Butler, who was uh, nursing a back spasm or a back strain into Game One. Against the Nets, Kyrie Everyone, and Harden yeah. were both were both injured, yeah. and then Trey Young in the Conference Finals uh, missed, I think, the last two games um, in the like the most pivotal, important games. You can't tell me that they didn't get the same, you know, at least a very oh, similar yeah. favorable sort of run Definitely. as well. So I don't. Yeah, it's I not, don't, a, I don't it's not an it's... East and West thing. It's just the playoffs yeah. in general. It was the Battle Royale, and the Suns and the Bucks were the last two teams standing. Yeah. That, yes, they had injuries here and there. Uh, we'll get into that. But they were the ones that made it through, and they were the best two teams this season because of that. And uh, I think. You have to give credit because that's it's a season where that was the theme. Like Jokic won MVP, he had an amazing season, but a huge part of that was that Embiid and LeBron and you know Durant, like people missed time and it just made things a lot easier to hand it over to Jokic. But anyway, so the Suns had this amazing season. We didn't. None of us thought they would get to the finals. Let's no. be honest, and they did. And for two games, they were on top of the world and. We saw a DeAndre Ayton, in, especially in Game 1, who wasn't shying away from the moment. We saw a Devin Booker at different points in the series who went off on the on the big platform. And yes, maybe he, he uh, was a bit brash and threw a, the ball away in a moment that a, a more experienced player may have not gotten himself into that situation. Aiton got some into some foul trouble finally after playing really smart through the playoffs and wasn't able to really put his stamp on the game as Giannis got more and more dominant. But they're young players and they have plenty of time to, to learn from this and wise up and, and come back and, and potentially go deep into the playoffs for the next era, for the next five to ten years. Chris Paul hasn't exactly fit into that because of his age I think that that'll be a good a good shot to come back next season but you know talking about injuries and people say oh Giannis was hurt and they still couldn't get past him Chris Paul was injured I don't care what anyone says like I'm with you look through the playoffs he he hurt he was injured in the first round and missed games he got COVID at some point through the playoffs and tore ligaments in one of his hands in the series against the um the Clippers and played through it and it was very evident even though he hasn't really said anything that that hand was bothering him in the finals I think that's I think that's the reason probably why he fumbled it in game four he's probably not particularly that um you know confident on that hand I wasn't sure if it was his right hand that was um that was bothering him but his minutes dropped as well like he played a lot of minutes in game one and game two and after that he never played more than like 34 35 Mm. minutes I think and he just didn't look like himself and there was I saw I was you know I was really trying to find people on Twitter doing the deep dive investigations into his health and there was a lot of people saying like he was looking at his hand after a turnover and the, the um, Bucks were trying to force him left and every single time it worked because he, I guess, didn't have the movement in his hand to 
to play the way he wanted to. So I really hope that something comes out. It would be weird for him to be playing through an injury and not let anyone know about it, um, especially after losing. Kind of, you know, that, uh, well, actually, here's why, you know, I, I disappeared in, in that game or this game. So I'm expecting that to come out at some point. And uh, not that that really helps, but I think this is where like you start talking about legacy we were saying that Chris Paul has probably the most to gain from winning a championship in this series because he's at the end of his career and I really hope people don't put him in the Charles Barkley basket as a knock because he's he's just honestly the probably the best point guard of the past 15 years it's him and Steph Curry it's a debate. Maybe you take Steph. Maybe you take Chris Paul. And I don't think there's been a leader on the floor quite like Chris Paul. The way that he can control the game when he's healthy. That's mm. always been the issue is that he can never quite stay there. So, yeah, it's definitely a tough pill to swallow for Chris Paul and, and fans of him and uh, for people that have supported him. So, I just hope that... I mean... I was very happy for the Bucks and for Giannis to, to win this championship, but now part of me is a bit of a Suns fan in the, the sense that I, I do want to see Chris Paul win a championship before he retires. So, mm. 2022, bring it on. Yeah, I, who knows? I just hope he stays. Like, I hope he doesn't go, you know what? I've got a year or two tops of trying to win the gold. I'm going to go to LA. Like, you're already here and you've already seen it all over social media. <laughs> go, Magic go hang Johnson. out with your best mate LeBron and go to the Lakers. Like, I hope... He doesn't just go, you know what, I'm admitting defeat. I'm going to go here with the Shora bet instead of running it back with these this young core that I think are, they're on the ascend. Like, they, they look great. Like, Booker's really coming into his own. He's an offensive dynamo. But, yeah, he needs to hopefully get a bit more of the old man game into his skill set and try and distribute that ball more to, to his teammates, especially, like... Fourth quarters. Yeah, he, he was putting yeah. that team on his back and respect to him man he was making big shot after big shot uh, and he had some very memorable moments in this series and in this the finals altogether but there was a few times where it's like man there's Jay Crowder's right there opening the corner throw it to him he's been you know hitting threes all game or or Bridges or Chris Paul or you know make that extra pass to get the easier shot instead yeah. he's just charging headstrong he, he's almost been like a pint-sized Giannis he's like I'm just going in here charging into two or three guys and then forcing a shot up but he still held his own pretty well. You know, he averaged uh, just over 28 points a game. So uh, you can't frown on him. A couple of 40-point games there for Booker in this series as well. But Look, the first playoffs as well. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. And, and, that's, and that's the thing for a lot of this team. They hadn't, they hadn't seen a final series, let alone a playoffs. So. And you can sort of see that in the guys. And, you know, that's not disrespect. I think there was a few times where almost the lights were a bit too big for some of these young players and you know mm. they're, they're early 20s they've never experienced anything like this and had this kind of coverage like they're two small market teams they don't get on ESPN every night and yet that's all they were getting talked about and like hoping someone like a Cameron Payne's going to step up or Cam Johnson and stuff yeah, like they, that they were sort of two of the, the big names that I was going to mention really I, they I was very proud of, of the, the backup players who really came in and, and um, you know, while they may not have completely blown, um, blown uh, you know, fans away every night, you know, they stepped up and did a, a fantastic role. Mm. Um, you know, the benches campaign. for these two teams are 
some of the worst we've seen in the finals I reckon <laughs> like the Bucks had maybe one guy doing anything off the bench the Suns had a, a couple but they were it wasn't like you, you, you couldn't count on the bench you really had to hope for the best but like, it was it was never really going to be like they're going to come off the bench and score like 20 points a game or something but it was always going to be you know when the chips are down there's maybe a couple minutes left in the game who's going to step up and, and make a big shot and we saw that from guys like Cam Johnson who like has one of the purest most you know <laughs> reliable three point shots I've seen in, in, boy in, in such shoot. a young my god in a, in a young player like yeah I think that was the, the confidence that a lot of these players had and we and we talked about it and it's been in the, the uh, you know the news in throughout the playoffs as well like campaign was uh pretty much written off as an nba player like yeah. by the bulls so he he fought his way back came through uh for the suns in in the bubble and and has been a very reliable spark plug backup point guard for us ever since so I think he's probably never going to win like if he's going to be your number two point I don't think you'll ever win like he had that one game where he took the put the Suns on his back and scored what 30 odd 20, yeah. 29 or 35 or whatever it was but outside of that like he averaged seven points for this series like there's a few times where he was just doing the thing too he was like I'm just going to drive to the to the hoop and throw it up and hope for an alley like a layup off the glass and he's just tossing it up there as he's flailing around <laughs> yeah. and I, I don't know if Saric would have made a difference but when he went down in like the first what five minutes of game one mm. as your backup center and then you've got to rely on Frank the Tank that's It'll, a big yeah. trouble it always makes a difference if a rotation guy goes down even if it's not someone that you're expecting to, to win a game for you because that's like eight to ten points a night potentially that you have to get from guys that you wouldn't usually count on I, I do think that physicality would have been crucial though because I, I think as the series went on you could definitely see that the Bucks were taking advantage of that that size difference we looked so small uh, yeah. up against not only Giannis who like obviously has a wingspan like Michael Jordan in the last shot of Space Jam um <laughs> <laughs> but and oh, he does. Like, and Brooke Lopez, yeah, yeah, and and like Brooke Lopez, Bobby Portis, even like TJ uh, PJ Tucker. Who don't get me started about PJ Tucker. Um, he's not tall, cool. but he's just a dog. Like he's uh, yeah. he's what six four or something like that. But he's built like a fridge, and you can't move him. And he plays tough D. Like just a, just a lot three, of scrappers. Three pairs of shoes in the, in the one game. Like yeah. that's what annoys me about him. But like. <laughs> I don't. Dress. That's what annoys you about him. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of things, anyway. But we should talk yeah. about Drew at some point too. Like, yeah, we we know that he didn't shoot well in the playoffs, uh, but they don't win this without him. I think it's just the the, the upgrade from Bledsoe to Drew. Like, this was the oh, series yeah. <laughs> where it was super obvious that he's a big part of that. And you know, we talked about. Chris Paul struggling and Booker having some off nights. Drew Holiday is one of the best defenders in the league at that position. And when he's hassling someone full court who's, you know, 36 years old and coming off COVID and hand injuries, you can see that uh, it's, it's probably going to take its toll on a player like, like Chris Paul. And even if it just makes him, like, get rid of the ball three seconds sooner in the shot clock, it's that like that can mess up with the flow of a team that's used to letting him steer things from the top of the paint there i think 
obviously there are going to be so many iconic plays and, and things that, that come out of um, this final series when you look back on it obviously a lot of them were Giannis blocks mm-hmm. and whatnot but <laughs> the so the steal in game five in the dying seconds yeah. will will be his will be Drew Holiday's lasting legacy on this team um, yeah because that turn that turn like it was it could have gone either way like had had you know Booker had the chance to to kick it out to someone he was being what triple teamed I believe yeah, yeah. like three dudes on him like if he's able to kick it out to like Chris you said Ball, a crowd yeah. or a, or a Cam Johnson there's a really good chance they win that game and then play today's game looking to seal it in Milwaukee but the the steal and then that led to the most insane alley-oop off the end of it that was the momentum swinging the needle swinging all the way back the other way in Milwaukee's favor like that turned that series on its head like it could have gone either way otherwise but yeah like you said he definitely wasn't playing well up until that point but like the game he had in Phoenix like it it, it just takes one moment or one you know period of a game and it can entirely change mm. the series and he has and the, the dude thing, was cooking yeah the thing about having a guy like Giannis that's going to average you know 35 to 40 points a night in a series like this you can count on that every night and that's going to keep you in the game and then it's it's just a matter of like can we get Drew Holiday to get hot for one game can we get Chris Middleton to get hot for a couple of games or even like a couple of fourth quarters might be all you need because Giannis has struggled to be like the closer for the Bucks, and that's where Middleton steps in because he can hit that big shot and he can take the you know the, the last second turnaround jump shot or shoot over the defense or whatever it might be to to go up. And they were able to look to Middleton, but they didn't even have to at at, at some points because Giannis was so dominant. Oh, and I was about to say, and not even just that, like they were getting big time shots from just some of their bench fodder, like dudes like Pat Connaughton not only playing good D and, and grabbing an absurd amount of offensive rebounds. Offensive rebounds. I was he was always well. <laughs> crushing that glass and just grabbing these offensive rebounds and then just making big dagger three-pointers when it counted. Like, he, I think he shot... What's, where's his stats here? He shot from three, like 44% from, from three. Wow. And he just played good D and knew his role. You know, he was there for that shot when it counted. He crushed the, crushed the boards when it was needed. And then he just distributed out and it was just a good team effort by a bunch of savvy vets or guys that have been in the, in the league long enough to know their roles and to stick to it. And mm. going back to Drew, like, yeah, he played elite D and I love that it's gone from when they made this trade, it's like, oh, Drew Holiday is overrated to now it's sort of become like, is Drew Holiday kind of underrated? <laughs> like the defense, he was just locking dudes up and he was, only, and he was averaging 1.8 fouls a game this series so he was doing this without getting fouled a lot unlike someone like a like a booker who's still young and, and energetic and, and i know there was a lot of frustrated frustration fouls that he was he was just doing he's like you know fuck this boom just push this guy necessarily or you know jump up and, and crash into bodies for no reason just to vent but you could see that experience and that sort of wise head on a couple of these dudes and it ultimately what won at the championship even though there was a few like big deciding factors in this series and the last were alley-oops. How crazy is that? There was three big plays in this and the last series. There were alley-oops. There was the Suns and the, the Clips yeah. at, at the to- at the Siren. And then there was uh, the blocked alley-oop on Aiton. And then there was the alley-oop the other way from the steal from Drew to Giannis. Three big alley-oops were probably some Amazing. of the biggest game-changing plays in the last two series. 
like I, I know it, it wasn't uh, a, you know a game winning or game saving play, but can we just talk about Cam Johnson's dunk on PJ Tucker? Oh, yes, I just love that they didn't call that an offensive foul. Like they just went, you know, yeah. you can't take this off this man. That was filthy. <laughs> and then Tucker's reaction made it even better. He went like the Looney Tunes caricature meme face. It was so good. It was as good as. Uh, crazy Bobby Portis getting that tech today and running up the court. Oh, that was weird. I didn't know what to think of that. Like, if he if he did ended up like if they if they'd have lost by like a point, how filthy would you have been? Like as a as a Bucks player, being like you being uh, you know a weirdo doing goose steps up the court because you you've just been called for a, a you know pretty innocuous reach in foul. Like crazy would, times. It wouldn't have been wouldn't have been a, a happy moment. Um, they love Bobby though. They, yeah, I don't know if you stuck around for the post game, Tilby. Uh, you might have been no drying drying your eyes. But <laughs> man, that the players love him. The crowd loves him. They were going off, weren't they, Brendan? They really were. Like he's he's the got mascot, that cult hero yeah. status. Like yeah. he's you know he's just a spark plug off the bench, but he's got the hearts of Milwaukee. Like they adore old crazy Bobby P. Mm. Everyone loves him except for Nikola Mirotic, <laughs> <laughs> and probably yeah. Chicago management from the drama yeah. that unfolded from that. But anyway, but um, do you think Giannis has just saved Mike Budenholzer's job? Yes, hundred <laughs> percent. I don't think they would have sacked him if they lost this series. It's pretty hard. I think to... if they got swept, he might have got the ass. But Maybe. because they yeah. were competitive, uh, yeah. The bud is uh, coming back for another season. Uh, he in- just he just looked like more and more disheveled as the series went on. Like he was wearing runners sleeve, today. Like he was wearing sneakers. Yeah, runners. The, the be- <laughs> yeah, in case you need be- to run out of there after him losing or something like that. <laughs> like um, who's who's the guy who plays uh, Dwight on The Office? Rain Wilson. Yeah, yeah. And and all this future, like in his all of his roles now, he's just like fuzzy like patchy beard and and like disheveled hair it looked exactly like him like if there's if there's ever like a a biopic or like a an hbo documentary about this movie like rain wilson plays um coach for sure (laughs) he actually he actually coached pretty well like he i can't think of any specific examples but the way that he was failing to to get his guys playing the right way like against brooklyn there was none of that really like Giannis was locked in and playing the right way he wasn't taking stupid threes although he did put one up today after doing a bit of shake and bake it's what I found was that he made the adjustments where he had Giannis going one-on-one against Aiton more often than not he was facing up he was trying to drive past him and it's like if you've got you know a 270 pound man with arms like tree trunks and the length of tree trunks coming at you it's like how are you going to stop that so mm-hmm. it's like he obviously knew get aggressive get to the foul line you know luck, luckily for him his his shots were were hitting today but it's like he saw that the rotations were working we were obviously a smaller team he, especially in game five we were playing like Mikael Bridges on Brook Lopez and it was always going to be difficult so but yeah he he obviously saw that uh things weren't looking good for him and credit to him he, he made the correct adjustments yeah and while we're talking about coaches I don't know if you saw Monty Williams in the opposing locker room yeah yeah no, but no, man no. that's a class that's, act that's right there. that's really yeah it's classy like 
he could have easily just you know packed up and, and went on home but you know to, to, to come into the, the locker room I did see a couple of comments being like oh he's only there so he can touch the Larry O'Brien which I thought was yeah, come on bit, bit disrespectful but uh, yeah like it, it, it takes a, a, a big man to you know admit that you were pretty soundly beaten and, and it was a very sort of classy gesture but um yeah, and, and, and that's the thing, like, as well, Monty coming into this series and, and this, this season even was, was more, um, you know, he was still very doubted as a coach. Like, he had obviously a bit of time with New Orleans, but this sort of last couple of years, people were, you know, he came in and where everyone was like, what's he going to do? Like, you know, what's he done? And it all shifted pretty quickly like we all saw it at the bubble like he's he can build a competitive fast-paced team and you know yes the the chips may have fallen our way pretty pretty luckily but he's shown that he can uh, he can create a, a winning culture and clearly the the team and the fans love him i'm a big fan of his coaching style and yeah just that gesture at the end where he'd go in and, and like congratulate the other team that that says a lot about a man i think and um I think he's he's earned himself. Uh, I don't know, like how long he's contracted for with Phoenix there, but keep him around for a while because he's got young players that want to play for him. I and, think he yeah. just signed like a four or five year deal. I think. Well, well so deserved. It's, it's pretty recent, yeah, but it's deserved. well deserved. Like uh, I think, I think this team's going to maintain their competitiveness for the next few years. Like, will they get to the the big games again and play for the championship? maybe not who's to know but I think they're going to be a team that's going to be consistently in the finals over the next few years and hopefully this young core can grow together and Monty can keep developing them and, and turn them into the beasts we hope they're, they're going to become yeah it, it's a weird feeling now depending on uh, free agency as your form of reloading rather than the draft it's it's weird <laughs> it's weird thinking that we've got 29th in the draft rather than you know somewhere in the top 10 like we have for the last mm. couple of years but uh yeah it, it's definitely been a wild ride this season um for everyone <laughs> involved with the team um what do you what are we thinking yeah that the, the sort of the off season looks like for these teams i mean obviously we've got a couple of the players from both teams heading to the olympics and we we, we said today obviously it's going to be a little bit awkward for for one of these players, <laughs> Devin Booker, meeting up with both Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday um, to go to Tokyo at this time of recording. Still happening. We don't know whether it's gonna <laughs> the plug's going to be pulled on it. Hopefully not. But um, yeah, it, it, it's it's an interesting period for both teams. Obviously, one is very much in their prime, and and you could argue for Phoenix like this was their big chance because especially in the West, like. There are so many teams who are going to rebound or come back into contention. The Lakers are going to be coming back. The Clippers, if they can get Kawhi back in and, and figure out what the hell his injury was and, and work out his contract deal, um, then they have him. We have Warriors with, with Steph and, and with whatever trades they're going to be bringing in. And like, the Jazz too. like And the Nuggets with Jamal coming back. So yeah. it, it's, th- this is the thing that I was saying, I, get, I think in our chat a couple of weeks ago, like there's no guarantee for a, a team like the Suns that they'll get another chance at this, which hurts, I know, but it's the same for any of those teams. Like the Lakers are going to retool and... You know, it's hard to count out a team with LeBron. It's just, it's you just never know 
what could happen and your window for for winning is so short when yeah that's not even to mention these up-and-coming teams like the Grizzlies and the Mavericks who maybe they're one free agent away or a big step from one of their young players to to transform into one of those perennial kind of four top four seeds so it's a it's an exciting time to be a basketball fan especially in the Western Mm. Conference well, it's the same in, in the East as well. Like the Nets are going to retool if they're healthy. Um, who knows what the yeah. hell the Sixers are going to be doing. But um, they're always they're, up the, there. The Hawks look like they, they could be a very um, you know prominent team in the next couple seasons as well. Um, how good is it? How good is basketball? It's, 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 it's nice to see some form of parity across the league instead of it being just a like and yeah there is still a handful of super teams that on paper far outclass the rest of these rosters but Mm. you can only play who's in front of you people are going to get injured things are going to happen the world is crazy you just see what happens like we could get another type of these cinderella moments next year with another team just catching fire at the right time and having the the dice roll a certain way and and they find their way into the into the finals you never know but it's it's exciting because just about every team out there has a glimmer of hope barring two or three you'd say that could sniff the finals especially with the playing you know they can get some playing tournament love but like it's good because there's a lot of young talent coming through there's a lot of young ascended stars that are that are getting a lot more love from these finals as well you know, the, the coming out parties for so many of these young studs is awesome. Yeah. And there's been a bit of a passing of the torch with some of these players. I'm, I'm all for next year and I'm all for the free agency and seeing, yeah, who's going to who's gonna ascend and who's going to decline. We know mm. the Rockets are still going to be very, very bad, but outside of that, <laughs> who's going to ascend? And yeah, it's it as you said, uh, Chono, it is better to have loved and lost than to <laughs> never loved at all. It's and, very uh, true. That's very true. I, I watch... Uh, completely unrelated but i'm big on uh, beauty and the geek australia right now and listening to these poor (laughs) lonely geeks that have never kissed anybody that have never been on a date never talked to anybody and there was this one dude bless his heart the other day he's been he's known this girl for one week he's like i think i'm in love with you and i'm like oh no oh no and um yeah just just shows there's hope for everybody you know this guy's just been playing wow for years and years and years and now he's on television and he's going to get all these girlfriends after that so there's hope for you sons yet yeah yeah hopefully it's not another 28 years before we get back to uh the finals but um yeah what a uh an eventful end to another fantastic nba season um and a couple of uh a couple of things before we wrap up uh obviously uh brendan's birthday was yesterday a big uh, yeah. happy 35th to uh our head honcho thank you uh, thank you one. Um, feeling older but none the wiser as <laughs> confirmed by my random uh beauty and the geek tangent there that went nowhere so uh yeah, it was, sorry it was, listeners no i I, fe- I felt the uh the sentiment there for sure but um and of course uh the previous episode was actually our second anniversary for hoop train huzzah it was the uh, the release of the first episode was on the i think the 9th of july 2019 so uh, happy second birthday to hoop dreams we've still mm. only released what 40 episodes in two years so uh we may need to <laughs> assess that one uh in the off season we've been but, a lot better this year like last year yeah. <laughs> yes erratic at yeah. best but this year we've been consistent and 
recording episodes even sometimes less than in that fortnightly cycle so go us and we've got a lot of off-season content planned we're going to do a bit of a a draft recap slash preliminary uh free agency preview uh due in the next week and a half or so and then we're going to just get in the off season and have some fun and deep dive in a whole host of topics and mm. cover random teams and factoids and have fun and mm. just uh, bring you the best of what hoop dreams can offer the big yeah. the big question though is are we going to cover space jam 2 yeah i, I would have I would you guys like to. all both watched it yet or no not yet i'm in lockdown so i can't once <laughs> once you're out of lockdown let's let's this will be in like a an off-season special we'll do a we'll do a space jam spoiler review cast. episode so spoiler, spoiler cast, cast feed yeah. or on this feed um either or we'll see yeah we'll see maybe, but we will do we an release it on both <laughs> But uh, yeah, of course, uh, a big thank you to everyone who has listened uh, to Hoop Dreams over the course of the 2020 slash 2021 season. It has been a tumultuous one, an eventful one, uh, but we thank you nonetheless, whether you've listened to one minute or every single minute uh, of this journey, it has been a fantastic ride uh, full of interesting moments and, and things that have taken place. And we cannot thank you enough uh, for joining us on this ride uh, if you have any comments queries questions concerns or complaints you can always do so with the hashtag hoop dreams and if you want to uh, gain access to some very special 8-bit goodies you can always do so at ko-fi.com forward slash we are 8-bit anything special happening on the Kofi, brendan plenty of things but you're just gonna have to go over there and check it out for yourselves listeners uh we'll have a new giveaway up and running uh we'll probably kick that off on the first of august with a nice uh nice goodie bag you can win of merchandise and various audio based equipment maybe some game keys and stuff a little bit of a belated christmas in july um you know thank you for all our listeners and fans from not only hoop dreams but across the 8-bit nation so yeah head over to kofi there and then there's nice tiered subscriptions you can get into now so if you want to spend as little as a dollar you can and you're going to get exclusive access and early access to podcasts to episodes only available on kofi as well as some other swag and cool content that you can get nowhere else but over at ko-fi.com forward slash we are 8-bit excellent stuff and uh, where can people follow you Brendan ah follow me at Brendan 8bit on all them socials and Jono catch me at Jono himself and you can catch me at it's Tilby and of course uh, we at we are 8bit on the socials for everything that's happening under the 8bit umbrella but for me Matt Tilby Brendan White and Jono Peck congratulations to the Bucks enjoy your off season ladies and gentlemen and take care Keep dreaming. <laughs> it's over. <laughs>